This is Stephanie Matthews, and you're listening to the Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Hey, my name is Amy J. Before we get on with the show, I wanted to explain a few things. Some of the initial episodes of Chasing Dreams was originally part of my other show, Amy J. Live, over at amyj21.com. Because of that, this episode you are listening to right now may mention a different episode number, and you may hear reference to Amy J. Live. Don't let that confuse you. This is episode number three of Chasing Dreams. And now, on to the show. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. This is Amy J. Live, episode number 12. If you're listening to this podcast, thank you so much for tuning in, especially after such a long absence. Also, sporadic updates on the website. March was a crazy month, both in good and bad ways. Great because I issued a photo challenge to myself. It went extremely well. I took photos. I met the challenge, was able to post it. It's on the website if you want to see the images I took. Other people participated as well. It was great all over. I even had uh, someone who made the whole photo challenge hockey-themed, in particular the Ducks. She had a blast. And so I, I, I really, it was great. On the other hand, I also injured my wrist, uh, hurt my foot, recovering from that. And then uh, towards the middle of the month, end of the month, someone very close to me passed away at the young age of 35. And so you can imagine that rocked my family's world and my world and... So, you know, had to be there for family, of course. And really, I wasn't in the state of mind to post anything on the website. The only thing I probably posted, I think, was on the Facebook page or Twitter, talking about if I never meant anything more, it's this. Live life to its fullest. Live without regret because life is short. I got that hard lesson recently, and I just want to share that with everyone because don't wait to chase your dreams because life is definitely too short for you to be waiting and you don't want to just you want to be happy and I just want you guys to be happy so whatever it is you want to do if you're not doing it right now try and figure out how you can make that happen okay so that actually inspired me to have this next guest on the show and I'm really happy I was able to get her Miss Stephanie Matthews who is CEO of String Candy she's a friend and she is an amazingly talented violinist, she, artist, and she is chasing her dreams. I, I can't even say she's chasing it because she's living it. She's living her dreams, and that wasn't always the case. And that's one of the reasons I admire Steph is because she's doing what she's always wanted to do, and she's not settling for that. She's going and going, and you know what? I'm going to save it all for the interview because we talk about that, and... um Hopefully you guys get something from it. If nothing else, I want you to check out String Candy. The interview I did with Steph, uh, we did before her performance on Saturday Night Live on April 5th, which she did with Pharrell and was conducted by Hans Zimmer. And so her and String Candy participated in that. It was amazing. The 
performance will be embedded on the post, so you can check it out there. You can also check it on the String Candy Facebook page, which will also be on the post. And so check them out. They do an amazing job. They're very talented. They performed with people like Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake, Frank Ocean, J. Cole, Puffy, Alicia Keys. I mean, just up and down the board. Jill Scott, uh, Lady Gaga. So definitely check them out. I'm so thankful to Steph for taking the time before she had to perform with Pharrell and all to, and, you know, practice with them. She took the time to sit down with me and we talked about her journey and her continuing journey. And I had a great time. And if nothing else reminded me, I need to keep following my own dreams. And so here it is, Miss Stephanie Matthews. Hey guys, I'm here with my friend, Stephanie Matthews, also CEO of String Candy and the creative director. Hey guys. So today I'm talking with Steph because you know how I'm big on living without regret, making moves and doing the things you want to do. And Stephanie does that. Okay. I've known Stephanie for, I mean, it's, it's like a lifetime almost. And it's been a while, but Steph has done some big things. She's doing big things, performing with some pretty impressive names. And she's, what I think, living the life and living out her dreams. And so I wanted to talk to Steph and kind of show you guys. It's not an easy road. Um, I think Steph can attest to that. It's it's not easy. It's not. Well, let me say those are very like, <laughs> I'm so humbled that you would say that about me. Wow. Um, but no, it's not easy, really, just pursuing your dreams and really like following through there's a lot of work and persistence and blood sweat and tears and time that that you have to put in to be able to see the type of results that you dream about so Seth, would you say that this that you've hit the top that you want or are you still going nowhere nowhere okay i think honestly I don't know that anyone will ever feel like they hit the top. I mean, isn't that what growth is? Like, I mean, as long as I'm living, I want to continue growing. And that doesn't, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about like a financial cap or anything like that. But I mean, I just want to continue to to grow and develop and and find new skills that I have. And I don't know, just continue continue like pushing the envelope and pushing my own limits well okay let's start at the beginning what Mm -hmm. is string candy why don't you tell everyone who doesn't know about string candy (laughs) what it is and what you do um okay so string candy is a company that i launched in 2012 officially i have been arranging and recording and contracting string players for years. Um, And so launching the company was just kind of like the natural next step as work began to really move forward. And I was getting higher volume of calls and much more work to manage. So string candy itself is um, a boutique staffing company, if you will, but um, we provide music consulting, um, original string arrangements and scores, and contracting musicians for various placements such as t- tours, 
TV film, award shows, recording sessions, and um, live performances. That's a big deal. Steph has done, um, I, I think BT, BT Honors was the latest one I saw, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did BT Honors, was that last month? Yeah, February. I think so, yeah. It was in February. No, it's, it's April now, isn't it? <laughs> No, it's March. It's still it's March. March. It's March. It's <laughs> okay, I'm we're recording this March thirty first. So yes. it was it was in February. Yeah, that she did it. So I I saw you there, and then you also performed with Justin Timberlake. Yes, that was was that SNL? No, that was yeah. Yes, we did SNL with Justin December two thousand thirteen, and the first time I performed with Justin was at the Grammys two thousand twelve. And you have something coming up too. Yes. With, yeah, we're doing Saturday Night Live with Pharrell. Doesn't that just make you happy, guys? <laughs> See what I did there? Literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Steph is now playing with these wonderful artists. But, I mean, it, it wasn't always like that, right, Steph? I mean, no. you had to start somewhere. No, so, I started So when from did the this bottom. start? You started at the bottom. <laughs> so, so when was bottom? About a lifetime um, ago. Let's see. Um, well... When I decided to switch um, switch over to pursuing music full time, I went to Indiana University, did, you know, completed my undergrad there, got my bachelor of music. Then I did my master's at Juilliard. And I just remember, you know, so many of my friends were some of them literally like just graduated high school and went straight into performing and touring and they were making money. And, you know, it's like when you have Sally Mae loans, it's like, (laughs) uh, why am I here? So, you know, it was like kind of looking back and feeling a way about, you know, not having that like real life, real time experience, you know, but there are a lot of skills that I acquired while I was in school. So that's not to say that I don't appreciate the experience and the education because the position that I'm in now um, required that level of education. And it's funny because, you know, I would say one of the most important things that I learned while I was at Juilliard is networking and the value of quality networking. I'm sorry. Can you, can you say that again? What, what, what was the best thing? What, what was that again? Oh, networking. Networking, hands down. Hello. Okay. Just want yeah. to make sure that people heard that networking yeah. helps important. Absolutely. Like, it's so funny because, I mean, you know, Juilliard's one of those places that, you know, the name, the name and the reputation precedes mm-hmm. it. So it's, it's a brand, it's a global brand and it's a household name. And, you know, so even, even if no one knows anything about, like what you do as a musician, some people don't even really see, you know, being a professional musician as a real quote unquote profession. Right. You yeah, know, it's true. So, but they do know the Juilliard school. <laughs> <laughs> and they know so, it's not easy to get into. And they know that it's very, very, you know, very difficult and very competitive to get in. And, you know, there are so many incredible teachers on faculty. I mean, these guys have won Grammy awards and, you know, have been in films and are in like music history books. You know, these are legendary figures in the music industry. 
and they're teaching your classes. It's crazy. It really is like, it's an amazing institution for so many reasons. But, you know, at the time while I was still in grad school, I put together a string, a string quartet called the Ebony Strings. And, you know, we, we wanted to do something a little bit different. And we started tackling a lot of the new music. And uh, for those people who don't really understand what I mean when I say new music, um, there's traditional classical repertoire. Mm -hmm. And then there is non-traditional classical repertoire. So this is still a repertoire that, you know, that would be considered in the classical genre. But a lot of time these are from living composers or young composers. So this is, it's kind of has like, it's more modern, obviously, um, because these are works that are, I would say, post, I mean, the bulk of what we were doing at the time was post 2000. So a lot of times, you know, people were performing, you know, like Beethoven and Tchaikovsky and Mm -hmm. Shostakovich. So we were performing works by, by young composers that were attending Juilliard. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of the chamber groups just didn't want to be bothered because it was just like, uh, no, we're going to play the more serious stuff. The classical stuff people are familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. So we started performing, you know, our contemporaries works and started getting a lot of attention from professors at Juilliard, like Professor Rouse, Christopher Rouse, who is an American composer, was, was at one of our performances, um, which they called at the time they had these performances called um, Choreo Comp, which was an, an interdisciplinary performance that involved um, a choreographer, composer, and musicians. Okay. And so we would create this original work. And um, after those performances, we started getting a lot of attention and, it's funny because we did one of those, we performed one of those choreo comp pieces at the New York Choreographic Institute and Wynton Marsalis was sitting in the front row. What? <laughs> and we were like, I, you know, we're like walking out to the stage, you know, the dancers are like taking their place. And I'm like, I elbowed the cellist in her, like I probably elbowed her so hard. I didn't mean to, but I was just like, do you see who's sitting in the front row? Oh my God. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, it's, you know, it's just stuff like that is, it's just kind of like mind blowing. That is so crazy. And so it definitely wasn't easy for you, but you having, having known you for a while, you made the decision to pursue music after like you essentially kind of changed lanes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I was what, a biochemistry major for three semesters Was that an easy decision for you? I wouldn't say it was an easy decision, but it wasn't a difficult decision. Okay. And I say that because I knew in my, I knew in my heart of hearts that biochemistry, although it was something that was very interesting and a subject that I really enjoyed, I wasn't passionate about it, but I was passionate about music and I always had been. Mm -hmm. And I think it just, it got to a point where, you know, when I was alongside my peers who were very passionate about what they were doing and research and they were being published and, 
you know, in these periodicals and, you know, going on to do research at Howard Hughes and, you know, NIH. And I just, when I realized, I was just like, man, like, what I'm losing. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not feeling that fire. Like they are like, they're excited about this stuff. And I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> okay. you know? Well, when you made the decision to switch, one of the things people seem to say about fine arts, right? Or the liberal yeah. arts or anybody in the arts or pursuing arts, whether it be acting or musicians or artists of any kind is it doesn't pay a lot. Did you let that deter deter you? No. Um, actually, the reason why I decided to to pursue biochemistry in the first place was because I didn't want to be a quote unquote struggling musician. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I was going to kind of pay for your your hobby. Well, I wasn't. Not, I was ready at at least I thought at the time I was ready to give up that hobby. Okay. But um, I think that. That, I mean, I, w- I always tested very well. I was always very strong in, like, math and science. So, you know, and I went to a science and tech high school. So it, was, it wasn't, again, it, 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 for me, it felt like a natural next step because I couldn't say at the time that I knew people who had, like, a thriving career as a professional musician that I could relate to. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's just like, well, I don't want to just like follow some pipe dream and then I'm, you know, I, I can't sustain myself and, you know, maintain a family or, you know, just like really, I, I didn't want it to be a hobby. Yeah. And so that's why I decided to go into biochem because I didn't think that necessarily, I, I didn't, I didn't know what my options were as far as having a career in music. Well, when you're 17, it's hard to know what your options are, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it is very difficult to know. I mean, but I was very involved in the NSO Youth Fellowship Program. Um, I was taking private lessons at the Levine School of Music. I had some really fantastic teachers. But, you know, I really loved um, performing. I knew that I loved chamber music. I always loved chamber music. I just had a blast. But then it was like, I don't know, like, could I really be in like a string quartet professionally? Like, I don't know any string quartets that, right, that have, are doing it. Well, I, I knew string quartets that were doing it. There's like, you know, Guarneri string quartet and there's Emerson string quartet. But those guys don't look like me. Right. You know, and so it, it was just kind of like, I don't want to kid myself here. Like what what are like my real viable options? So um, now after three semesters of going biochem and I got to a point where I was just like you know what if I'm going to make the switch I have to do it now because I know how much work is required I know how much you know how much time and effort and commitment like yeah it really is a commitment and once I once I really decided like you know what it's now or never I didn't give myself an option to be a broke struggling musician that was not an option anymore. So did you challenge yourself to, to defy that? All the time. And All push- the time. Because I can't leave a full scholarship plus stipend to go and take out close to $40,000 a year in loans mm-hmm. to come out in the red. So that was not an option. Like I knew what I was getting myself into and I knew 
I knew the amount of work that was ahead of me. And you made it work out though. But as you're going, as you were going through, cause this is, this was about, what did we say? 10 years or something? Yeah. 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 It's about rough, roughly 10 years. I'm sure you had your doubts on the way. All right. the time. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not one thing, right? Like, oh my gosh. I, I made the like, decision. It's times, done. The number of times I wanted to quit. Man, if I had a dollar for every time <laughs> I thought about quitting, I'd be a multimillionaire. Multimillionaire. I mean, of course, there's going to be doubts along the way because things aren't always easy. Things get really hard. Things get real raggedy. And... It's just one of those things. It's like you're going to have obstacles and you're going to have tests along the way, but there are ways to prove to yourself what you're really made of. If you don't really know what you're made of, I don't think that it's possible to even reach your full potential. Are you surprised by what you've been able to do? Like if you look back at everything you've done so far and and Mm -hmm. still to do, but let's look back at what you've done. Are you surprised? Yeah, there's times where I I have to say, like, there's times where I do look back and I think to myself, like, how did that happen? Like, (laughs) I mean, it's it's like when when I'm pursuing it or when I'm just in the process of preparation and opportunities present themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yes, okay, yeah, finally. Yeah. But to actually look back and reflect on, you know, the the progression of, like, my career, it it is, there's sometimes where it really is overwhelming. And I have to say, there is absolutely no way I could be where I am without the support and assistance of other people along the way. Um, I'm talking friends family, teachers who saw, you know, the raw potential Um, and even people who didn't realize that they encouraged me to push through because the people who said that I couldn't do it or thought that I was crazy for thinking I could do it pushed me because I wanted so badly to prove them wrong. See, and that that kind of fantastically goes into my next segment was like the support system you had Mm -hmm. right because this isn't for parents for for family members and friends when they see you trying this new venture right they know you're good they know you're talented they know you probably could do it but i'm sure they were worried i'm sure well yeah when you love someone and you're not sure yourself you know i mean we can all kind of put ourselves in those shoes like yeah you know where You may, but the thing is, it's like my vision is not necessarily their vision. My journey is not their journey. So there's going to be times when they don't understand certain decisions that I have to make Mm -hmm. and certain things that I'm faced with. When faced with that, when, Mm -hmm. and and you know, they're supportive, supportive, you know, they mean well, right? How do you face that? How do you become a bamboo stick and not... A willow, just or, or you know, one of those reeds where you just kind of like easily yeah. move. Um, I mean, there are times that are harder than others. I think I can I can speak for only myself when I say this, but I'm very 
<laughs> I'm very say stubborn. It. Yeah, I was going to say it. I'm very stubborn and I'm very strong-willed and I've always been that way even as a kid. And I'm and maybe that's that's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I've been able to 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 reach this point. Um because one, I will definitely say that this type of career path is not for everybody. Um, but the things that make me me has facilitated some of the decision making that I've had to that I've had to be faced with in this journey. And there have been times where, you know, my parents we're like Stephanie, you're crazy. <laughs> and but but even even with that said, I know that there were times where they were very concerned about the decisions I made. Um, and maybe even doing things that they didn't see me doing. Like they they had their own idea in their head about what my career would look like, right. what I would be doing. I would be. A, a classically trained like concert solo violinist with management and you know playing concertos all over the world mm-hmm. like that's what they saw for me very traditional and that's not what I wanted for me and I wanted that I that's at important. one point because I knew that that's what they wanted and if I did that and I followed suit they would be so proud but it got to a point where I just I was like I cannot make life decisions because that's what you see me doing. It was, and it's hard. I will, I will be the first to say like having to, to have conversations with your parents where it's like, listen, I love you and I absolutely value your opinions, but they are just that they are opinions. And I think that's important to distinguish a distinguishing thing we have to make is one. It's their opinion. And yeah. two, you have to do what's right for you. Yeah, yeah. And it may not necessarily vibe with what other people think, but the, when it comes down to it, you're the one living the life. Yeah. And you're the one that has to get up and do what it is you want to do. And that's one of the things I really, that really stood out to me with your story that I know of is because your your path isn't traditional. It no. wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's still not traditional. No, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> why did I do this? Oh my God. Like, Ste- Stephanie's path is the definition of taking the hard road. Because you could have had it all laid out for you, but you kind of made your own path. It's definitely like the path less traveled. Yes. Um, because, yeah, there's definitely going to be times where even now where I'm just like oh my god this is for the birds I what what was I thinking yeah what was I thinking but I mean the payoff and the reward is so great I mean to be able like I I remember recently I had a conversation with my mom and you know there's times where we still bump heads a little bit but I know that she really genuinely loves me and wants the best for me but she we were we were talking and she was like you know Stephanie I just wanted to let you know if I never said it before one of the things that I really admire about you is that 
you go for it. Like, yes. And no matter what anybody says to you, you go for it. And to hear my mother say that was like, I, like my jaw was on the floor. Like, what? Like, <laughs> did you just, what? Did, wait a minute. Oh, you know, and it's just like, I had to like replay it in my mind. Cause I didn't think that I heard what I just heard. Did you want to you know, just be like, can I record? Hold on. I need to get a recorder. I, I need to record this. Yeah, like, it's like, hold on, let me play that back. Run that back. <laughs> but, um, so it's, you know, it is, it, although it is difficult to, to you know, maneuver through, you know, family and friends and loved ones who who may not see things the way that you see them. Right. But when you know that you have a, a, a group of people who really genuinely love you, mm-hmm. then it, it makes it a little bit easier to take what they're saying and assess their viewpoint and put yourself in their shoes because it, it can be a scary thing. Like you don't want to see somebody fail. That no, you love. yeah, absolutely. You that, know, I mean to want to see, some, yeah, that that's just not really what people No, They want to see you. They want to see you win. And yeah. so, when they say certain things that that may be even hurtful to a degree, especially, you know, if you have a dream and you have a vision and, you know, they're like, this is not this isn't smart or this or is it's not risky, working or, or it's, it's not, not working. working. Yeah. yeah. Like, OK, you gave it you gave it three years, four years. OK, it's time to throw in the talent, do something different. I mean, I've had those conversations. I've had those moments and they they can be very disappointing and heartbreaking even. But um, I think there comes a point in time in every, in every person's life, whether it's career or relationships or whatever, where, you know, you have to really be able to assess where you are, where you see yourself being. And do you have what it takes to get there? I think what you, you said kind of, hits the nail on the head is people say things and they, they mean it. I mean, they say it with the best of intentions. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. Cause you don't normally, yeah. normally they say it with the best of intentions. I can't say all the time, but probably 95% of the time people yeah. say it because they love you or care for you. and mean, want to see you do well. The thing is you have to still make those decisions for yourself. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing people have a hard time doing or confuse themselves with is, well, X said this and therefore they must be right because they're doing well. Right. And that's the thing I think people also have a hard time with is if someone's doing well in life and they tell you something, Mm -hmm. you got to keep in mind they're not you and they're not necessarily in your field. And they're not always right. Yeah, they're not. They're not always wrong either. Yeah. But that's why it's just their opinion and yeah. perception. You got to take it with a grain of salt and kind of decide for yourself. Yeah. Now, one of the things you did, is, and we talked about how your path wasn't easy at all. We said it multiple times, but would you do anything differently? No, I wouldn't. The reason why I say that, um, and there were times where I was just like, oh, man, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. But the fact of the matter is, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't make the decisions that I made 
prior to being here. And everybody's going to make mistakes. Everybody's going to have moments where it's like, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But if I didn't go to UMBC, I probably wouldn't have realized that, or I wouldn't say realized, but I probably wouldn't have decided that I was going to go into music full time. No matter, no matter what people said about the income or the viability of being able to sustain yourself, like as a professional musician, um, I probably, you know, I'd probably be in pre-med or something. Yeah. I, you know, so it happened for a reason. It absolutely happened for a reason. And the people that I met along the way, I met for a reason, you know, and I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the journey and I'm learning to love the journey for, I'm talking the ups, the downs, the pitiful, darkest lows and all of everything in between, because it's like, it's all seasonal. That's perfect. I mean, because it is. And I think that's the thing people are so afraid of is you're going to have to fall down. Yeah. You're going to have to make a mistake. It's not going to be a smooth ride. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think it would have been worth appreciating if it was. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, the things you went through, the things, this is why I think you're a great example of it because you just kept going. And now you have a website, stringcandy.com. You have your own company, CEO, creative director. You're pursuing your passion, right? Uh, you seem happy. <laughs> you seem happy. You know, and that's that's really, you know, the whole point of the site and point of why I do this or why is I just want people to be happy. I mean, why live your life doing something you don't enjoy? And we were talking yeah. earlier and you said you mentioned those people who you know, were published and doing their thing and they were happy about it, right? Yeah. Would, would you say if someone who was interested in this stuff, uh, interested in music, stood by you and was with you, followed you, shadowed you for a day, do you think that they'd find out that you were happy? I think passionate? so. I think, I think most people would probably describe me as being passionate. Like, there's, it's very difficult for me to, to talk about the work that I'm currently doing mm-hmm. and people not to see how passionate I am about it. Because at the end of the day, I would be doing this even if I wasn't getting paid to do it. Hey, there you go. So I think that's really a good way to assess whether or not you're really passionate about something. Like, would you still be willing to do it if you weren't getting paid to do it? And I mean, I know that now, but even back when I was pursuing biochem, mm-hmm. I was still trying to pursue this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's just, it's always been something that, that has been very, very close to my heart. And that just the underbelly of it all is like, it's like fire under there. And it's like, of course, you have to continue to fuel that. Mm hmm. Otherwise, yeah, it'll, it's, you know, it'll die, it'll die down and eventually fizzle out. So, I mean, if you want to continue to, you know, cultivate essentially this passion that you have for whatever it is, 
that, you know, it's something that you have to constantly work at. So in the same vein, mm-hmm. is there, what advice would you give to someone who said they want to do something maybe, or they're not sure, or mm-hmm. they're thinking about it? Not necessarily music, but just any kind of dream or passion. We'll say passion. You know what? I just read, I just read this quote from Jane Fonda and it was like the quote was if you don't go you won't know or you if you don't you won't know if you don't go I, one of the two I can't remember the inversion, I'll, I'll look but it up but that's kind of deep es- yeah essentially if you really think about it you'll never know unless you try you'll never know and I mean what's the worst that can happen the absolute worst that can happen is that you'll fail the best that can happen is it'll change your life but when you put it like that i mean you know what i mean it's like i think people get so paralyzed by this fear of failure like i withdrew from a university that you know that offered me a full scholarship plus stipend and i was going to jump off the deep end literally take on forty thousand dollars worth of debt every year <laughs> to pursue something that I was passionate about. Like, is that risky? Yeah. Do some people see it as being really dumb? Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But that was, that was the chance that I took. And look how that it paid the, off. I mean, and it paid off. It paid off. Not because, you know, I, you know, I was just so scatterbrained and saying, Oh, look, I think I'm going to do this today. No, it, it, it wasn't that. I mean, I had a passion for music since I was a child. I started playing the violin when I was three and a half years old. I had been taking lessons for years. You know, this was something that was with me longer than math and science was with me, you know? And I mean, it got to a point where I literally saw a crossroads before me and I had to make a a decision, a decision that only I could make. My parents couldn't make it for me. You know, my advisors couldn't make it for me. My friends couldn't make it for me. And I think, you know, there are a lot of people that find themselves in that position. And, you know, what you really desire and what you're passionate about may not make sense to a lot of people. But that's okay. Because unless you plan to live a life for other people, then it doesn't matter. I think that was an interesting thing you just said about living a life for other people, you kind of have to make that decision. Are you yeah. living it for them or are you living it for you? Some people do. Trust me. People, some pe- I know people who, to, who have told me straight out, like, I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. Like, I wish I was doing something else. I wish I had the balls to do what you did. And, and some people are know, happy with that. And some people... I wouldn't say they're happy with it, but some people accept it. They're like they're ex- they they will accept it. It's yeah. like okay, this is just what it is. And if you know, for those, and I'm speaking to those people who can't accept that, like that's not if that's not good enough for you, then why not try? Why not? Yeah. So before we we let stuff go and. I'm going to put up link to her site and you guys need to check out her stuff. She's on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook. Oh my God. I'm on Twitter like constantly. So 
please reach out. I will totally respond to you. <laughs> Tweet her. It's Step on Strings, isn't it? On Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I have two. Well, if you want to follow String Candy and stay up to date on what String Candy is doing, um, the the Twitter for the String Candy is at String Candy. Okay, and then my personal Twitter is at Steph on Strings, which is S T E P H O N S T R I N G S. She can spell, folks. Uh, <laughs> it took me a while guys it took me a while. <laughs> but I will have all those links and all her info on the site but before we let her go we're going to play a little segment called some of my favorite things I warned her we were doing this but I didn't tell her uh, the categories uh-oh. okay so y- you shouldn't really have to think too long because it's supposed to be your favorite alright okay Okay. so this is about I don't know less than 15 things so let's let's try this alright let's go favorite color Blue. Oh, good color. Favorite music? Type. Man, all of it. I That's hard. I, I love everything. That's such Seriously. a cop-out. Okay, fine. It's not. I promise it's all not. Right. If you, if, I will take a screenshot of my playlist. Okay, you take a screenshot it. and yes. you send it to me. Cause I will. That's such a cop-out otherwise. And I need some proof. <laughs> okay. I, I need to see the receipts for that. Okay. Uh, favorite place to visit? Oh, man. Um... Well, right now, L.A. I used to live in L.A., so now I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to get back out to L.A. All right. I do, I do like um, visiting Trinidad, too. I used to live out there, and, and I, I miss it. Do you get to go back often? Um, I try to get back at least once a year. Ah, lucky. I wish I could go back to India often enough. Gotta, All right. Got to make time for it. It's, it's like you have to plan it. There's it's no true. Way to do it it's true. Okay, favorite person you still want to meet? Barack Obama. Nice. Good answer. Okay, favorite current TV show? Ah, uh, Scandal. <laughs> I know, that's, that's so not really cliche. surprising. That's not, not surprising. I mean, people say that. I know, I know. I totally got roped in. I Like, people were talking about this, uh, was it Mad Men or Breaking Bad? No, Walking Dead. Walking Dead. I think that's like <laughs> the one that everybody's the zombies? talking about. Yeah. I've never seen it, though. I'm just, I don't want to get hooked to another TV show. Well, the season just ended because this is March 31st. And so you could catch up a lot of it. But yeah, you might get hooked. I, I did yeah. watch Walking Dead and last night's finale was crazy. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Okay. So uh, favorite food? Um, That's rough. Um. I don't know. It, okay, it really so if you, if you were an inmate on death row and they said, all right, this is your last meal, what would you want it to be? Maybe like a curry goat roti. Oh, that sounds yummy. <laughs> I accept that. I accept that. It's your choice, but I still think it's a great answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, favorite book. Do you read? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. My favorite book right now is... Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach. Interesting. So yeah. it's written by a man. Yes, huh. it is. Okay, I'm going to have to check this book out. Smart Women Finish yeah, Rich. Yeah, he's a financial, he's basically like a financial advisor. And he's, um, I think he he's, re- well, from the foreword that he wrote, um, he was very motivated to reach out to women because um, he was very heavily influenced by his grandmother who was a self-made millionaire. 
Wow. Not because of her profession, but because of her saving, her saving strategies, because she didn't make very much money. And it was just it's it's incredible. Like, it's definitely changed my perception about money and saving money. Huh. Yeah, it's definitely a great book to check out. OK, I'm going to put that. All of this is going to be on the site. You guys, we're going to check out Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach. Yeah, B-A-C-H. Again, spelling. It's all her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Favorite old school television show. And by old school, I mean, you know, the Cosby show. Yes. Hands down. I'll watch that any day of the week. And because you can. Yeah. Mine probably would have been Fresh Prince, I think, if not Cosby. Fresh Prince was cool, but Cosby show like. Well, I. I, The Cosby show and Martin. Those two. (laughs) Oh, man. I swear that when I raise my kids, they're going to be raised by the Cosby rules. I'm just going to be putting on t- Cosby episodes for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, that'd be my thing. Okay. So favorite thing to do when you're not working? Travel. Okay. I love traveling. I do. Um, I, my goal has been to visit a new country every year, like a country I've never been to. Successful so far? Mm, kind of. Like... <laughs> Last year, last year, I wasn't able to do that. This year, I'm going to I'm going to try. I was supposed to go to Haiti this year. That would have been like that was it. But we had to cancel that trip. So Um, we'll see. We'll see. I try. I definitely try to make that um, a very deliberate goal. We're probably going to have to check in and make sure you you do that next year. Yeah. Hold me accountable. See how that goes. Yeah. Favorite movie. It's tough. I have a lot of them. Um, that's hard. I don't know. Do oh, you, you can't abstain and say all of them, Amy. Um, you can't. You can't say all of them. Oh gosh. You realize this isn't really a test. I mean, you- I know. I love. <laughs> okay, I love Braveheart. I love Love Jones. I love The Last Dragon. Like, I just have so many favorites, and they're so different. All right, those are her top three. Yeah. Because she's struggling. I am struggling. I am. Those are pretty good. And those, honestly, are all 90s? Are they all 90s, I think? Maybe. Maybe. Huh. It's an interesting observation, that's all. Yeah. Okay, what would you say? This is the last one. Oh, The Wolf of Wall Street was, like, amazing, too. (laughs) That was, like, this year, guys. Yeah, yeah. There's no common factor amongst all of that. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're all different. All right. Fair enough. I mean, they're your favorites. Yeah. Okay. So last one. What would you say so far is your most memorable or best performance that you've done? Let's see. I would have to say one of my proudest moments was there were two in particular. Okay. And they both happened prior to my becoming professional. Interesting. Okay, um, what is it? My first was when I I was doing a series of 10 performances with the National Symphony Orchestra at the Kennedy Center. And it was like my last performance. And I remember the first stand of the first violins was like, they shook my hand and they said, you know what? You did a stunning job. And I felt so proud. I felt so proud. Um, That's an awesome compliment. 
Yeah, because these are professionals that I look up to. Yeah, yeah. Like mentors. Absolutely. So, and they perform with like the best of the best, Mm -hmm. you know, so that meant a lot to me. Well, they're not biased either, right? I mean, I mean, everybody has a little bit of bias. You know, people have their favorites. People have a particular sound they like or prefer. You know, it's kind of like singers. Some people like certain singers, other people, you know, so. Well, they like you. Well, yeah, I just, I was very, um, and it was very genuine. It wasn't kind of like, yeah, kiddo, you did great. It was very. um, Sincere. Yeah, it was very sincere. And at that moment, I I felt very proud of my accomplishment. I hadn't really thought about it. Mm -hmm. And this is, like you said, before you were professional. So I can see why that's. Yeah. So what's the second Um, one? The second one was my senior recital at Indiana University, and I performed the Barber Violin Concerto. And (laughs) my teacher came up after, and he was like, you know what? If I didn't think so before, you could definitely make it as a solo violinist if you wanted to. And he's very, like, he was, like, my, my teacher was Paul Biss. And, you know, always kind of had, like, the serious face. But he has, he has like, a Joker streak, too. But um, that meant a lot to me. It meant a lot. And he was, you know, he was like, I was sitting on the edge of my chair the whole time. You took it so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I would say those are my two. Like, easily the most memorable performances of in my life to date. That's not saying that I haven't had other proud moments, but I would say those are the absolute top two to date. I think that's awesome. And the fact that though that your most memorable performances so far are from when you weren't professional. Yeah. I think that's cool. I yeah, really do. I mean, it, it's the truth. It's the truth. Well, thanks. Thank you so much, Steph, for taking the time and talking with me about this and just sharing your story you know um you guys follow her on twitter tumblr uh she's there's string candy has a facebook page yeah we're on facebook are you on instagram well my i'm on instagram not string candy i have my personal instagram so yeah look me up on instagram it's stefan strings she won't spell it again. It's the same thing for yeah. Twitter. It's same as my Twitter. So it, yeah. And it'll be linked. I'll put it up for sure. Check it out. Follow her. Follow String Candy. They have performances coming up. They're doing big things. Uh, Steph, I can't wait to see where you go. Oh, I appreciate it, Amy J. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This has been Amy J. We will catch you next time. Thank you once again to Stephanie for taking the time to speak with me today about the journey she's on and how much fun she's having it. Reminder, guys, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Libsyn. If you so choose, you are welcome to leave a review on any of those media. And until next time, peace. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21, that's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1, or leave a comment on her website, ChasingDreamsHQ.com. We hope you'll join Amy next week, and until then, keep chasing.